This is the Fit for Adventure podcast. My name is Matt, and I'll be your guide on this adventure where you'll get to explore, to learn, and to create unforgettable experiences. We interview leaders in the outdoor industry to learn about lessons they've picked up from adventures and how the outdoors has shaped who they are. Our mission is to connect you to your potential through outdoor experiences and through leadership training so that you can step up and become the leader that you would look up to for your business, for your family, your community, and for yourself. You can learn more about Fit for Adventure by visiting mysummit.academy. And of course, if you are enjoying this podcast, please share it with a friend and leave us a five-star review. Now, it's time for the show. Our guest today comes from the world of musical theater. And while he thought that the path he was on would help him live out his dream, what he found was that there was more chaos, disappointment, and frustration than he had imagined growing up. Although he was recognized for his exceptional talent, he found himself feeling like there was much more, and the job that he had dreamed about for so long was actually restricting him from living out his true potential. During this time, and while traveling the country and performing on many stages in many cities, he got to look out on these beautiful backdrops filled with adventure and robust landscape without having the opportunity or the ability to step foot and immerse himself into the world of the outdoors. And still, he felt the call to adventure. One day, he finally decided to venture out into the mountains. He left New York City for the adventure of a lifetime, and he spent time traveling around the United States, visiting the most beautiful places the country had to offer and exploring this desire he had for adventure. He finally found himself settled down in Bend, Oregon, where he fell in love with the simplicity of walking out the door and being on the trail with the ability to ski and to climb in the same day if he wanted to. And with his closest friends and loved ones nearby. Our guest is an incredible coach and personality, which you'll feel immediately when you hear him speak. He has been an inspiration for me and a model of what can be possible with some creativity and a focus on fun. Please welcome to the show, Ben Joy Walker. Here we go. Benjamin Walker, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Matt. Stoked to be here. You use the name Ben Joy. Where does the joy come from? So I did a, a retreat a couple years ago um, where there was this moment where I could see like all the different ways that I've been holding myself back from joy and like 
my like my peak expression because uh, I was afraid I was going to hurt people if I did that. And um, when I came out of it, Anat Perry, the facilitator, said, "Yeah, you're you're not you're not uh, instead of Ben G, it's Ben Joy, because that's who you are." And it's stuck since then, and I, I really like it because it's uh, I'm really big on um, mantras. I've had a lot of transformation with those and Ben joy is a mantra that other people say to me. Mm. So I get that reminder all the time. Auto suggestion to the next level. You're putting that everywhere. Exactly. Exactly. Everyone's helping me along the journey. It's really cool. That's really cool. And, and how organically it came about too. that net, that name. And now you're using it constantly. I, I found that so like interesting about you when I started seeing you on Instagram and talking to friends who, who spoke about you, uh, about how fun and, and, how, and how that like comes out um, in your personality. And I've definitely recognized that too. Um, I've definitely been saying fun is the point a lot more lately. Yes, um, spread the good word. Yeah. And I, I uh, we, we were talking before this, you know, we've spoken a little bit um, plenty before this this call but a little right before we started recording and you shared with me what brought you to to go and live in Oregon and uh you came from New York City correct yeah so I was where born, did you come from born and raised in New Jersey but uh-huh. uh I lived in New York City for three years I I got to know I've gotten to know so many people who make the transition from New York City life to something totally different, like Bend, Oregon, or Den, or like somewhere in Colorado or Utah, and that's definitely the direction direction my wife and I are going to be heading soon. Nice. Um, uh, what what made you decide on on Bend versus like somewhere else in the country? Because Bend has every outdoor adventure activity I could ever want to do, and it's all less than an hour from my house. Like my, my big thing is being able to like always be able to run around in the mountains. Cause that's when I have the most fun is when I'm doing stuff like that. So like, especially when I lived in New York, 151st and Broadway is like hmm. getting anywhere green was really difficult. And I dreamed of you know, my perfect day is like, I wake up and I go on a, I go on a trail run. That's right outside my house. Mm. I do that now. There's, there's a trail and I see like bald eagles and elk on it. It's amazing. And like that, that was what I was picturing the first time I ever wrote down what I wanted my perfect day to look like. Mm. And as soon as I got to bend, I saw that it was all there. That easy. There's uh there's a lot of towns out there, man. Like, uh, that I've looked at like that, that have the accessibility. My, my idea is uh, like Breckenridge, Colorado, and I can wake up and I can go skiing uh, three times a day and, and go home in between if I wanted to. Yes. Like that, like that easy, um, you know, schedule it in throughout my work day and into my workflow. And, and then also my thing is I want to be, I want to be within an hour of a major airport. Like that's ideal too. That's use. That's useful. It's hard. It's hard <laughs> to get both of those. It is, especially if you're into so many different things and you said like rock climbing and, and now skiing, which you just started, right? 
You just started skiing yeah. this year? That's awesome, man. I started skiing maybe like eight, seven, eight years ago. And, oh, I'm excited uh, for you to show me the ropes. Yeah, right. My wife, my wife actually taught me. It was a good time. And I fell, I fell so many times. <laughs> <The> <laughs> As first, you should. The first three years or so were just falling and and uh, and getting back up. And now, now I can do it backwards. That's that's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I've got so much resistance to learning how to do that. But whenever I say like, oh yeah, I want to do a 360, everyone's like, well, can you ski backwards yet? Like, all right, I guess I got to learn it. It's a ton of fun. And now like you get to the, you're like going down your run, you get to the bottom of the run toward the lift line and it flattens out a little bit usually. And that's where I like to play around and I spin in circles and go backwards. And, and my wife just looks at me like I'm nuts. And, uh, <laughs> And I'm like weaving around kids. It's great. Yeah. I haven't tried it on any uh, extreme terrain yet or anything above uh, flat basically or greens. But that's what it's about though. It's about playing around and adventuring, exploring, even if you're on the same mountain over and over, which I imagine you, you are at this point, like going yeah. to the same place, right? It gets a little, it can get stale after years of going to the same place. So you got to get creative. Yeah. I like what I like about skiing at Mount Bachelor where I go is, uh, often there's like the way the snow falls, like a jump will just magically appear from mm. a gift from mother nature. And that like, I'll just be going along I'm like, Oh shit, a bunch of people jumped off that boom. And then suddenly the whole run is completely different. Mm. Cause like, even like gearing up, like coming towards the jump even when i start the run i'm like oh man i'm gonna hit that jump and it's so cool and that like that changes the entire run for me so you get a lot of natural snow up there i imagine yeah yeah it's all all uh all powder oh, that's awesome yeah and if you've if you've gone here in the northeast it's it's plenty of ice and plenty of fake snow which is just packed down especially uh when there's thousands of people going up and down every day. Yeah, it gets that way at Bachelor too sometimes. It's yeah, just like I'll do a couple runs and go, you know what? This is like it's not fun. It's also dangerous. So I'm gonna get out of here. So how did you know when it was time for you to leave New York City? And what was happening in your life at that at that point? Oh man. So I was a musical theater actor. That's why I was living in New York City. And I've been a lot, a lot of yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'm, I still use my degree in my coaching all the time. Um, and I've been, I've been working for, for like three or four years professionally. And it got to the point where I realized I was just going in for a show. Cause it said there was a role for a mid twenties white guy. I was like, okay, I can play that part. I'll go in for it. And none of them were shows that I actually cared about being in. And I was really hitting like a peak level of frustration with this. And then uh, there was finally one show that I really, really wanted. And I was like, I knew the producer. I knew the associate choreographer. I was like, oh, I'm in. And then we did the dance at the audition and I see the choreographer who I know 
say something to the director and the director just wrinkles his nose, shakes his head and says, no. And then looks right at me. And I just went, ah, fuck, that's it. I'm cut. And sure enough, they didn't call my name. And that, that really got me because that, that was like the one that I really wanted. And it was just over like that. Um, and then right, I was all set, you know, to leave. I had a, there was a job at a gym in Denver that I could have worked at. And then suddenly I got four, four months of work at awesome theaters that really wasn't expecting. And I thought, okay, well, I mean, I got these jobs. That's a sign. I guess I'll stick this out a little longer. And then what I found was the, like the shows again, were really uninspiring. And then even one of these theaters was, is one of the best regional theaters in the country. And I was like, Oh, that's going to be awesome. They're going to treat us so well. Everything's going to be great here. And it was, you know, exactly the same, if not worse as anywhere else. Mm. And as I'm doing these shows, I'm thinking, why, why did I just spend these months pounding the pavement, going to audition after audition after audition for this? This is not what I came here for. Do you think you, uh, you really raised your expectations and that's, and then felt that it was not, not what you really wanted? Yeah, it was, it wasn't that. Cause that was the thing is I'd, I'd done some incredible shows. Like I did the, the national tour of beauty and the beast for two years. And it was, I loved every second of it. I do that show a million times and it, it wasn't like the work to get into these shows to me wasn't worth it when it was a subpar show. Like I'd, I'd, I'd rather spend my time doing other things. And that was what was happening is I'd just gotten into the steel mace and I was really getting passionate about that and becoming a leader in that space. And I had this, this story that I was missing out on stuff when I was doing a show. Mm. So I was like, wait a second. I, on paper, I'm living the dream right now. Why do I feel like I'm missing out on stuff? So that, that was a, a big turning point for me. Um, and then that your heart, your heart was somewhere else. Is that you were, you were starting to feel the call to, uh, to share that art that you were creating with the mace. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wanted to teach people because mm. I'd seen what an amazing practice it was, how much fun it was. Uh, you know, all the different things you can learn, the different skills. There's always a different move to learn with the mace. It was so much fun. And it was like wanting to teach that, not really being able to, because I was off doing shows and then realizing too that if my, my goal was to be on Broadway, that's what I wanted. But in order to be on Broadway, I'd have to live in or around New York City. And that, like the, I, I would not allow myself to do that. So you had some itch inside of you that was like, get into the mountains, get into the woods. You belong here. <laughs> yeah. That was the thing with being on tour is I'd go, we toured all over North America. I got to see all these mountains and didn't have enough time to hike any of them. It was so like Colorado, dude, we played Colorado twice and I, I couldn't go up any 14ers. Because and I that's had a, a, that's show. a pretty big time commitment too. Like you need to 
at least a day. But so you didn't have any any free time when you were traveling for uh, for these shows. Not a lot, because it was either we were either on the bus or even if we were somewhere for a whole week, um, which happened fairly often. But we'd have a rehearse like a brush up rehearsal during one day, and then we'd have an understudy rehearsal the next day, and then okay, we'd have Friday free until the show, mm-hmm. and then two shows Saturday, two shows Sunday, load out, go on to the next city the next day. Mm. So, so you were going back to back doing shows every week. Yeah, it was eight eight shows a week. I, I performed, I think on that tour, I performed the show 572 times in two years. So that was, it was a lot. Mm. And I mean, that, that was the, the time commitment and having to like, I've got to be back for this show, man. Of course, couldn't like mm-hmm. actually get out into the places I wanted to go. Mm. So there was a lot of, one, I wanted to go back there to places like that and do it on my own time when I could take as long as I want to do exactly the v- adventure that I want, climb that mountain that's been on my brain for years. Mm. And I bet there's been a lot of those too, like, because you got to travel the whole country. I'm sure you've seen a lot of other things. What's where, what's one place like you still want to get to? Just curious. Oh, man. Well, that you, that you, uh, I want to go, <laughs> I, I, I want to go back to Alaska. Mm. That is like, well, I, I like to ask people, you know, if you had, you know, uh, you know, a fartillion dollars to your name, just some huge amount of money, what would be your eccentric rich guy hobby? And my answer is Alaska. Just just Alaska. Alaska. I would just do everything <laughs> in Alaska because that is, it's like the whole, the last frontier. I can't put that, like the feeling of being in that into words, but it is very present. Mm. Like you can tell that that place is wild. My wife and, and I have been talking about Alaska for a long time. We, we we're dying to do a like a to to get in our trailer and and spend like a good six months there oh yeah i think that's what you need yeah yeah there's a lot or just buy a cabin in the middle of nowhere in alaska (laughs) absolutely that's i i want to go back there every single chance i get denali is high up on my radar man that's happening oh yeah maybe next maybe next spring yeah that's next spring damn that's soon that's cool i mean I have, I'm really ambitious, so yeah. <laughs> we'll see, because it's, uh, it's time consuming, man. It's a two month, I mean, not, no, Everest is two months. It's about a 20 day trip, you know, 25 day trip, depending on how long you want to hang out in Alaska. And, uh, and it's expensive. It's costly. It's, it's a, it's a huge investment. Um, and that's only the the, the trip itself and then there's the training and the gear i'm excited for it man yeah. I'm, uh... but when you're when you're as inspired as you are mm. though like none of that matters no it doesn't matter it's all a matter yeah. of math and plans yeah like i think about like when i go to the grocery store i don't check the price of grass-fed beef i know no. that that's the only option for me yeah. so yeah when there's an adventure like this it's like i don't care what the number is yeah, exactly. They look at it like, whatever like, oh, it well, is. I guess I have it. to do this much. I have to make this much money or 
uh, what is that? A couple extra clients, right? It's a, yeah. it's a, it's a math problem. Um, and yeah, it, it's the same thing when it comes to like the time commitment. So I'll look at something like Denali and say, well, it's 20 days or so. And, and then also like weeks of preparation sounds awesome. Let's do this. <laughs> it's a, uh, yeah, man. And we talked about Everest too, you and I. Remember that was a good yeah. conversation. I'm that that's that's up there. Have you done any any high alpine or high altitude stuff? No. No, high highest I've done is um whatever the state high point of Colorado is. Mount Elbert, I think. Yeah. Yeah. We uh did that on my honeymoon. <laughs> nice. And, Get and we, Find a partner who's down for that. Yeah. Oh, you just, that was a fun, fun trip. But we got to about 13,000 feet and weren't feeling it. So we turned back. Um, but it was, it was even from there was a nice experience, like awesome view. And oh man, I'd love to go back and do that one for sure. So, so you were leaving. We're getting ready to leave the uh, theater industry, move out. What what drove you to? Um, no, let me back up a little bit. I'm getting ahead of myself. Why adventure? Why why this adventurous outdoors lifestyle? Where does that come from? You know. I don't have an answer for that. It's, it's, it's one of those intangible things where there, there's this exhilaration of, of, of being at that, like that peak level of experience. And like, that's, like that that's something that we're like naturally drawn to do like if you think if you think back even evolutionarily the uh like living as a hunter gatherer there would be a natural inclination to want to explore because you want to see well what's <laughs> over there are there more resources over there and like that we still have that drive and you know, a lot of people, you know, they, they spend their lives right here with their, like their phones, their computers right in front of their face. And they're like, they're trying to get that. Like, I, re I remember going for a trail run in Utah and I thought, this is what they're trying to recreate with video games. Like, this is the real deal right here. It's a... It's the good feeling that the that you get, and yeah, people don't realize that you can get it at that magnitude, that that awe that you experience. And that's why so many people, when like when they come back from being out in the wilderness, like drug addicts, kick kick the kick the drug, alcoholics stop drinking. I was on a call with another with a guy recently who said that, yeah, when he was ready to get off heroin, he went up into the mountains and let nature detox him. Mm. 
And it, and that's why you see so many people who are resorting to alcohol or eating crappy food or vegging out of watching TV. Mm-hmm. They're trying to find that feeling that you get from being on an adventure. And, you know, adventure can mean with a backpack out in the middle of nowhere. Um, an adventure could be like exploring a new passion. Mm. You could have an adventure in a chess game. Like what, that's what we're seeking. Mm. And we're using people use alcohol and drugs and mindless stimulation in order to fulfill that, but there's no substitute. And there's nothing on the other end. There's, there's nothing you're receiving or growing or gaining. It's, it's a dead end. These, uh, these addictions that people, people definitely experience. I talk about that a lot in my, my, one of my courses, we work a lot on identity and, and how your identity is so fluid that it could disappear. It could change entirely if you simply change your environment. And and I use this example that's out there, um, and and I imagine very applicable. Like if you're if you're a hard drinker and you've been you've been an alcoholic for most of your life, and suddenly you're stranded on a on an island, alcohol will not be the the craving that you have. You know that you're, everything's going to be different. You'll adopt new desires and uh and you'll probably feel better simply because of the fact that you're now exploring and you're you're finding new avenues and i like how you compare it you know when i look at adventure you you use the word exploration and and how you can explore games and trying to learn new skills and that's always been the fun thing with me and and what we could call adventure sports, you know, climbing and uh, skiing and mountaineering and paddle boarding and all these fun things. They're, they're just new ways to engage with, uh, with the, the world to ex- and to explore that. Fun is the point, man. Right? What's your favorite, what's your favorite thing to do these days activity-wise? Oh, rock climbing, rock climbing, and then rock climbing. I'm all about it. Yeah. Did you start, so did you fun. ever go like indoors uh, when you're in New York or did you start yeah. that later? I've been climbing indoor, for, indoor for years. Yeah. And, um, I just didn't, I didn't know anyone who could teach me to outdoor rock climb. I didn't know where to outdoor rock climb. Uh, and then moved to Bend where Smith Rock State Park is a climbing Mecca in mm-hmm. the States. And, um, I've got, got a buddy who's been climbing for 12 years that I met there and he's been showing me the ropes and it is, it is the most fun of all the things like skiing to me was just something fun to do until climbing season. Yeah. Until you get into ice climbing too. Cause that's, a, yeah, that is that'll be the next real. one. <laughs> what, uh, what do you, what do you prefer climbing wise is deep? outdoors at least do you do you do mostly top roping are you free climbing sport climbing sport climbing yeah yeah my my goal is actually to be the oldest person to free climb the nose of el cap in yosemite so i'm trained for that that? so the oldest person to climb el cap period is 75 
Okay. Uh, I don't know about free climbing the nose specifically, though. That's the that's the one I'm going for. You may be the oldest now. I yeah. I, I could by the the first time I do it, I'm going to do it by the time I'm forty. Yeah. And the that'll be that very well could be the oldest person. I don't know. Who's uh who's that guy that did um he just did a it was like a Netflix series it was on 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 uh. He was on Half Dome. Or was he on Half Dome or was he on the nose? Was it um you talking Don Wall? Yeah. Or free the, solo. The Don, yeah. The Don Wall. Don Wall is Tommy Codwell and Kevin Jorgensen. He's up there in age. He's in his 40s, I imagine. Or yeah, well he I think he free climbed the nose when he was way younger. Oh, okay. I'm sure he'll so do I don't, it. he can do I don't it know. Again. Yeah, that's the thing. I'm sure he can do it again. <laughs> my my plan is to like is just pretend like act like no one's thinking about it and then i'll come in and be like by the way did you know you could do this hmm. have you uh have you been there have you been to yosemite yet yeah oh my god that place is magic that is yeah we we i, I tried to get there for sunrise right to the the window um i was five minutes late <laughs> I didn't oh, realize no. I didn't realize how long that drive is into the valley. It's like a solid 45 minutes or an hour um, of just winding through the woods. It's, man, I would love to do that on a bike, on a motorcycle. Now that I think about it. Man. Yeah, the first what? time we pulled in and saw Yosemite, I screamed so loud <laughs> that the people in the car thought we were hitting a deer or something. That's awesome. Because <laughs> like, I, I was so astounded, like Half Dome was right there. Yeah, it's it's exactly what it looks like in the pictures. It's it's that's it, and it's so massive. Once you start going in, it's it's unreal, man. Really, really wild. It's it's so cool how there's places like that on Earth, and then there's so many people in New York City or in these other big cities who have no idea that this is a this exists, and it's you know what a flight to California is like five hours. You can get there. Hey, uh, yeah, I got that bug real early, man. I, I did a little bit of traveling and start and saw like corners of the country that that were a little bit. Um, it's it's like what you saw in textbooks when I was in elementary school. I got to go and see this in real life, and then obsessed over it. Read a read a book about Everest when I was seven years old and, and then have been dreaming about it ever since. It's, it's, it's something that I realized a lot of people, when they, when they see it and they get that itch, it just sticks with that man. It sticks with them forever. Yeah. And it's. Imagine yourself 14,000 feet above the earth looking out over the landscape below you. You can see for miles and your team is right by your side. You earned this view. You put in the effort. You committed to yourself and you followed through. Fit for Adventure is an opportunity for you to cut off the distractions and put your mindset and your fitness to the test so you can come out a stronger leader on the other side. 
You'll spend four days in the mountains of Colorado where you will practice outdoor skills and the art of leadership while building lifelong friendships and unforgettable memories. In life, there are so many distractions and it can be difficult to go about your day without losing focus. When you're on the mountain, you can only focus on so much. Your feet under you, the trail ahead, and the team you have around you. And every time you look up, you are reminded of your goal, the summit. And your team, they're thinking the same thing. Fit for Adventure begins July 13th and is open to 10 coaches and entrepreneurs who are making an impact on their communities and who value freedom and seeking challenges in order to grow. You're invited to join, and as a listener, you can grab your spot for a $150 deposit. Please visit mysummit.academy retreat or find the link in the show notes to apply. Will you answer your call to adventure? Not something you can question. Like that's, that's even the tricky, like when, when someone, I forget the guy's name. Um, someone asked this guy, why do you keep trying to climb Everest? It was before anyone had climbed it. And he just went, because it's there. Yes. <laughs> it's very existence is a challenge. And like, that's, that's the thing is like, everyone's like, oh, but why, but why, but why? It's like, you got to do it. And then you'll see. It's there. No one's, no one's done it. That's what we're looking for. Looking for yeah. the, the new thing. And, and you, you have to feel it to understand it. Mm. That's the thing. Like the body doesn't use words. It uses feelings. And <laughs> unless you're standing on top of that thing, whatever that tall thing is, like you, you can't, you can't recreate that. Yeah. And I, I've compared it to, um, you know, I've done half marathons and marathons and things of that nature, like just really difficult challenges. Um, and anyone can relate to this who's done like a Spartan race or something. And you, you work so hard for something, you cross the finish line and there's that release, that relief that you feel, um, the excitement, the pride. And, and imagine that feeling and you can, you have this awesome view, right? And you feel, you feel like you're on top of the world because you're literally like way up there sometimes. And in a lot of cases, it's a, it's, it's definitely something people replic like try to replicate, like you said, try to replicate it with, you know, scrolling through Instagram or uh, getting likes or uh, making lots of money, things like that. <laughs> you brought up, uh, you brought up the emotional part of this. What's, is there, is there a tie for you, like an emotional feeling you get when when you do accomplish something or you uh, master a new skill or you finally uh, you finally hit a, a new climbing route or, or get to the top of a new route. Yeah, it's elation. Elation. Elation is, is the best word I can use. Like when I get to the top of a route, especially if it was a difficult one, I, I give a big old whoop every time. And 
you know, it's, it's a different sound every time because it's a different <laughs> climb every time. It's like a, ah! or a, Whoa! Or like, you know, it, it changes, but there's always that exhilaration mm. from doing it. And I mean, I've, when I imagine myself topping out on El Cap, I, I, it brings me to the verge of tears sometimes mm. imagining that. That means, so, you need, that means you have to chase it. Yeah. Yeah. After it. That's why like, I was talking to my buddy about um, my climbing partner about like getting better and going for higher grades. And he said, yeah, you know, I'm just not into chasing grades. And I was, I was, I like took the opportunity to check myself. I'm like, okay, am I just like trying to do a, a hard thing? Mm. Like I want to like make sure that, you know, there's some actual heart behind this goal. And, you know, what I realized was, it's it's not about the number you know i don't i don't care what grade i climb that's not important to me it's that i've been inspired mm. by like by what this climb would represent to me and that's what i'm going for is to be the, to be the my perfect 80 year old to be the the 80 year old that i would be stoked to be that's what this is about and like that that makes all of the like every single training session every new skill i'm gonna have to learn because there's a lot mm -hmm. uh that makes all of that exciting because it's all co it's coming from this inspired place for someone to think that far out too is is special and and now because because the end, we could call it a dream state, right? Being able to do this thing, being able to uh, free climb the nose at like, say 80 years old, then you just get to enjoy the ride on the way there. Exactly, like the, cause I've thought too, the life I have to have to support a goal like that, that mm -hmm. has to be incredible too. And that's like such, the, a, the, such, such an important thing too. Like in order to be able to reach this goal, you're thinking, okay, well, who do I need to be? What do I need to do? What does my work look like? What does my health look like? And, and then curate like everything in your life around that. And it makes it really easy to do. Yeah. Like, the the struggles of like oh should i train today or oh but i really want to eat that piece of cake <laughs> you know those are really easy choices for me because i've got such a clear picture of where i want to be mm. and you know i've seen because it is the it's the it's the little actions, those small steps that stack up on each other that can send you either end of the spectrum. They can send you to, uh, you know, aging like fine wine, or they can send you to aging like a potato. And it's, it's those little teeny tiny, seemingly insignificant moments where you make a choice for, for the future you want. Those are the ones that really count. Why do you think it's so challenging for people to uh, be able to ground themselves or anchor themselves to a goal that's that important? Because we hear so often like, 
Um, people struggle with accountability and consistency at the gym, or they struggle with their sticking to a diet, or they struggle with um, productivity or procrastination. And, and what I'm hearing is you're able to make these things easy because there's this thing you actually want and you know what it looks like and you feel it and hold it in your hands. And why do you think it's so hard for people to set goals so high and anchor themselves? Because just like you said, I have this, this really specific picture that I, and I visualize it all the time. Um, a lot of people don't have that clear of a specific picture. You know, it's like, I've, I've talked to so many, like so many dads who mm -hmm. are like, they just want to, like, I, I was, this may be really sad. I was doing a call and I said, you know, who do you want your 80 year old self to be? And the guy said, well, I hope I make it to 80. Like that's what people are. That's what their, their many people's minds are. It's like, Oh, I just want to not suck when I'm 80. Essentially. You know, I just want to, I just want to not have to get wheeled around in a wheelchair. If I can, you know, wipe my own ass, then it's a win. And, you know, if you don't know where you're sailing, then no wind is favorable. So it's impossible to set any sort of meaningful goal because you don't, you don't know what it's aimed at and you don't, you can't see the, the consequences of the actions you take because you don't have a ruler to measure it against. And, you know, it's for whatever, like some people, uh, they either, they don't think that's possible for them and that's why they don't have a goal. Uh, some people get overwhelmed when they think that far out. And so they, like, they can't even think like five years ahead because just the uncertainty is overwhelming. And, you know, regardless of all of those things, you like that's that's still, I think, a necessity mm. to have that vision for yourself. There's a quote that I've been uh, thinking on and sharing recently, and it's I'm going to paraphrase here, but it's uh, like gr great leaders are able to uh, plan for the future while remaining in the present. And what it's implying, and negations acknowledged, it's implying that the opposite's also true. Like the the people who are struggling, they don't they struggle to plan for the future. They struggle to have the ability to think that far out without feeling overwhelmed. And so they and also I, struggle in the present. Yeah, and I like what how you said that of the can plan the future while being present. Right. Because, because that's, that's so important. <laughs> and that, that's what, like, when I hear people who don't want to set goals, like, oh, I'll just let the universe do whatever, you know, I'm just going to be, I'm just going to be present here and live every day as it comes. Like that, that'll get you somewhere. You got to pick a direction. Yeah. It's, it's, but it's much, I, th I say much more fun if if you pick a direction you want it to go mm -hmm. because like the universe can bend to your will too. Like you're, you're an active participant in, in the relationship with the universe. It's not just sitting there and going like, okay, do some stuff universe. Like it's waiting for you too. Mm -hmm. Right. Every action you take is, is moving you somewhere. 
and uh, and it's if if it's deliberate intentional actions, then you're going to end up somewhere on purpose. And, and I think a lot of people are are taking action, they're just, they're doing it unintentionally, uninspiredly, if that's a word, and without without purpose, without a uh, without a greater vision and the the problem there the reason that that happens is the kind of the the kind of can be laid at the feet of like how goal setting works as well is you know you got to have a specific goal and people go oh i don't have a super specific goal i guess i just won't set one <laughs> and you know it's not so it's not perfect immediately and then they go oh well i guess guess i'm not going to set i can't set a goal then i mean my goal for l cap started it was a progression mm -hmm. i didn't just decide what yeah this is going to be my goal um it came it came out of first like really prioritizing my health and putting a high value on that and then that evolved to how i was taking care of my body doing joint mobility and making sure I'm like, like things change when I really prioritize my warm up. That's like stuff shifted for me then, um, because I felt how good it felt to do that, to really get into it. But like that led me to okay, I want to be able to run around, enjoy running around in the mountains for my entire life. Mm -hmm. That's what I want my life to be. And I knew, it, you know, if if I from a coaching perspective, that wasn't specific enough. That's pretty broad. Yeah. Yeah. It's still pretty broad, but you're at least you're throwing it at the dartboard. Now. Yeah. As one of my coaches, Mark England says, good enough is good enough. And yeah. for where I was then it was good enough. And that alone, that helped me with my, my choices, you know, getting up and doing my, doing my warm up every day and breathing and journaling and uh, being dedicated to my mantra practice and my training and the food I'm putting in my, my body and the relationships I'm cultivating. All of that was in alignment with enjoy running around in the mountains my entire life. And honestly, one day I was walking my dog and it hit me out of nowhere. Oh, oldest person to climb El Cap. That's it. Like that's it just, yeah. it was just boom right there. And like that, that's when I got the goal. And that then went, okay, well, I already love rock climbing. Great. I know a rock climbing coach. Hey, Maury, how do I uh, make this plan? Yeah, so that's how you're able to get this more specific and and now start thinking out like, okay, well, what skills do I need to acquire? What what gear do I need? And what friends do I need to make? And 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 it's that simple too. And I And I imagine people can find their passion and ultimately their like crystal clear vision simply by playing around and experimenting with things, going to learn new skills. That's why I love going and, and just learning new things. You never know what you're going to really enjoy. And that that's where fun is the point evolved is realizing things like that. Cause I realized when, cause I'd go to like, like we had the first strong coach summit. And I saw that, you know, there'd be, there'd be great presentations. This is back in 2019. There'd be really great presentations, tons of good information. Everyone learned a ton. 
but the real magic happened in the moments when we were playing in between like out swinging maces at the park or walking on the beach that was where like people really had the breakthroughs and i noticed that so i then i've i've done some like some get togethers with my friends where it was like hey i'm not doing anything for, for october uh you want to go get a house in idaho have some fun and see what happens and that evolved into uh this big road trip i did called follow spring north where we camped and airbnb'd our way from sedona to gig harbor and that's then when i went on to alaska and my whole intention with that was let's get a group of dope people together have a bunch of fun and see what happens because in the back of my head i knew that with that as the intention all the other magical stuff would happen like people would have major like personal breakthroughs and trauma releases and get uh like great ideas for their business their coaching would up level and all of those things happened but that wasn't why but it wasn't because that was the intention if i had said okay we're going to have a conscious nomad community we're going to sit here and we're going to do our work on ourselves <laughs> like no one would have showed up so yeah, like yeah, and that's like why I, I got i got better things to do <laughs> i gotta yeah, go have fun you know <laughs> that that's the thing is when when you have all your needs met what do you do like if you didn't have to do that job what would you be doing with your time what when if there weren't all those like oh i've got to read this so i can better myself mm -hmm. or i've got to do this so i can be more productive like what do you what would you do for the pure joy of doing it because that's like that's one of the prerequisites for fun man that is, is such a challenging the, question and i imagine yeah. you you ask that question to some people and they're going to have a hard time thinking it through even and then deciding because they'll feel some guilt around wanting to do things that's a, and that that's what got me started working with people on this was I was I was going to men's retreats and grown men would come up to me and be like, hey, Ben, can you teach me how to play? And I was I was like astounded how many guys didn't know how to do it. And at the same time, like the best I could say is, yeah, come hang out. <laughs> just come out, just come. I invited so many people. Because it was really like, you have to experience this. And it's, it's the, the main thing is when that's the intention, that's when the breakthroughs happen. That's when the growth happens. It doesn't come from chasing it. Mm -hmm. like, if, like gorillas don't go to a gym. Lions don't go to a gym. They, they play. They wrestle. That's how they learn and that's how they get to the level of, of fitness that they get to. Mm -hmm. And humans are the only ones that think we have to make it work. <laughs> I have to go to a gym and work on myself. And, you know, you can do that, but if your intention is all around having fun, you'll want to do it.
You won't have to like discipline yourself into doing it. Because that's an exposure is a bit, plays a big role in that too. Like just knowing, like we started this conversation, knowing that it's there, knowing that you can do other things. I mean, I, I had a gym for so long and I, I would, I've coached thousands of people through in a CrossFit gym and heard so many times that they only know one way to, to exercise. And, and then they, start CrossFit and now this is the way they exercise and, and I'm like well do you you could also go outside <laughs> and you could also go play some sports right learn learn how to go play basketball or go for a jog or get a bike have some fun yeah what do you <laughs> want to do with your fitness yeah like why why be fit what's the point yeah because eventually the the numbers stop mattering like I, you, you, you hit that big PR deadlift and it's like, what do I do now? Go for another hundred pounds. That's how I came up with fit for adventure because it's what, it, what does it require to be fit to do the, anything or to explore? Not much. It actually takes the bare minimum. What it does take is some like desire and willpower and the ability to let go and the ability to have fun with yourself and and uh and explore and also eat well and work out sometimes because it's fun swinging a mace is fun throwing a barbell around can be fun so can sprinting with your with your buddies or uh doing a long backpacking trip or something like that yeah if you want to be motivated to do something mm -hmm. Find, find, and I'm not going to say make it fun. Find the way that's fun. Find the fun. It's there. Yeah, it's there. The, the, there's a great book called The Power of Fun, which I'm glad, I'm glad this woman, Catherine Price, wrote it because my friends were telling me I should write it. And I was like, no, it'd be one page. Go outside. <laughs> that would be the whole book. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but she, she, so she, she puts a, she nails it in the book and she puts a lot of context to what like what i couldn't put words to and it was is the intersection of connection play playfulness and flow hmm. when you've got all three of those going at once that's when you experience true capital f fun not just oh yeah that was fun mm-hmm like even the, when she, she was doing research and she's, she asked people to describe the fun, most fun events. And she said, like, I want, I want you to tell me about a time when you had so much fun, not just fun, so much fun. And people, the experiences that people described were incredible. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's that, that we're all going for. Like the, the people who are drinking themselves into the couch because they're not going on adventures. They're trying to get that, mm. but they won't let themselves have it. It's hard to get without the, on, and, and I like the word connection there. It's so hard to get without the people, the right people who share the energy, um, the playfulness, right? That, that feeling of this isn't work, mm -hmm. right? This is, well, and I, can, I can, when I think of play, I think of the ability to explore 
and test and experiment without um, without the pressure to perform, right? Like it's mm. it's a little competitive, but not really a competition, you know? Yeah, like just enough. And I I like that you you mentioned uh, competition. Yeah. In in this because the what I read um flow in sports and he talks about the original definition of competition comes from I think it's Latin competir which means to journey together. Mm. So the idea that being in competition is like I need I need a ruler to measure myself against to see how good I really am. Mm -hmm. Like I that's that's why like I like I ran I ran track in high school obviously all my PRs were on race day. I didn't mm -hmm. run a PR in practice. It was when I actually had someone who was just that bit faster than me for, mm -hmm. that I had to chase. And you both had I, the desire to win. That happens, man, I, I trained Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and it happens every single day. And that's one of the reasons I love it so much is because we both have this desire to submit the other. Um, and we're also really aware that we're both trying to learn. Mm -hmm. And so like very quickly can, can it get aggressive and, and then we just reset and we start over and it's like, oh, that was great. Just like how you and I, you and I play chess, like you, you keep beating me and one day I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to win. It's going to happen. <laughs> Yes, yeah. I believe in you. I believe in you. <laughs> I'm imagining everything you just described. Um, connection, playfulness, flow, and the, uh, the, the feeling that you get when you're doing something that's fun. This is exactly what I'm imagining on Fit for Adventure at the retreat and, and just getting guys together and uh, friends, getting friends together because by then it's we're all going to have so much in common and uh and just set out wake up early go hey let's go climb this mountain today <laughs> i love being able to say that and then go and do it and, and for a lot of people it's going to be their first time at altitude so it's going to be a challenge um, and we're going to do some prep work for that to make it like work and to make it fun um, and and ultimately summit or not like there's going to be some some connection happening uh, we're going to explore some playfulness we're going to get out on bikes and swing maces around and and kettlebells and jump in some cold water and and that like those bonds that you create you know that really is what i imagine people are going to remember and say yeah that was that was fun like that was amazing there's a stat somewhere um I don't remember the exact number, but a number that is too large percentage of, of adult men don't have another male friend they can go to. And I've, I've heard that stat so many times and I feel so sad every single time. Cause a strange, that's, that's a strange stigma around it. I imagine. Yeah. And, you know, and I've, I've caught myself in it too where I get, I get used to, um, my, my routine. And I, I think I was, I was living alone at the time and 
like it was slightly inconvenient to go see friends and i actually remember watching netflix until my eyes hurt and that was like i i never wanted that to happen again where i was that alone because then we end up with again drinking diseases of despair all those things because i mean when you go to blue zones the number one factor of a blue zone it's not what they eat it's not their their exercise routine it's community that's the number one predictor of of longevity is having community and that's what that's what retreats like this foster when suddenly like oh i can like come out and hang out with all these awesome guys and they all like the same things i like to do and like we're all having fun together like wow i haven't had this since i was 16 maybe not even that that old and yeah like i'm really excited for this for this retreat because that's i've seen it happen with guys so many times Mm -hmm. when they get in that environment and suddenly they're five years old again and it's so fun to see i've been there man i've i've been the guy um with very few friends um even when on paper i had a lot which is which is interesting i remember being um in college in my in my fraternity literally surrounded by guys that we share things with we spend a lot of time together and yet i felt the most alone and and what was missing was the playfulness it became work right same thing happened uh you know all throughout school um and then realizing well you know i like girls so i'm gonna go hang out with girls and if i'm not doing that i guess i'm gonna stay home and watch tv and uh you know, before I knew it, and I, I actually made this comment recently because I've been working in uh, the fitness industry for a long time. And what ends up happening, and I've seen this before, this has been my experience too. Like the people I spend so much time with are clients, coworkers. And then on the outside of that, I don't really have time to make a lot of new friends or have new, like, have a lot of friends outside of that. Cause yeah, I have to be up at four in the morning. I got to go do this. I'm going to be at the gym all day. Things like that would happen. And so I found myself looking for that, looking for those, the connection, the people, the, um, the community, right. That I could connect with that wasn't work. And I found that right. Doing a lot of other things definitely getting outside that was that played a huge role um and now with with the retreat oh man i'm pumped for it i'm I'm excited to bring people into this circle now because to get to meet people like you and oh we have nate coming we're going to do a an awesome ceremony with nate and uh and just be able to experience life outside the uh the rat race and the norm even to just go home and know that that exists, it's going to feel good. It's going to be really cool. Um, before we wrap this up, what's one, one thing you've learned about yourself? You know, one lesson you've taken away from adventure um, through a mistake you've made or through 
some level of failure? Mm, great question. Um, when, when something is your idea, people expect you to be the leader. Uh, when I did Follow Spring North, that road, the epic, super fun road trip, uh, my I thought I could do. Oh yeah, we're just gonna be a bunch of friends hanging out doing stuff. It's gonna be great. And then I realized when I got a group of people together, and I was the one who invited them all, they expected me to be more of a leader than I was expecting to be. And there was some friction in the beginning because. Uh, I was I was being resistant to it because I was like, no, everyone's responsible for themselves. I don't want to make too much of a structure here, but like that was really needed. And there, uh, I know if I'd been if I'd been clear on that beforehand, there would have been a lot of a uh, a lot of friction that that wouldn't have happened. So managing expectations is something you uh, you gotten better at than i imagine yeah like set, setting boundaries setting for sure boundaries. Of, yeah like this is this is how i'm prepared to show up for this and real that that and realizing how much i needed to show up for it when you did that and you realized how much you needed to show up were you were you in for it were you did you take ownership there and and fall into that position that role yeah yeah that because that was i I realized that that's what people people were looking to me as a tribe leader. So it's like, well, they're here already. Like, what what kind of what kind of man would I be if I said, no, no, I'm just going to go off by myself now. <laughs> I wouldn't be able to look myself in the eye. So, yeah, I I stepped up and things got a lot easier from then on. Was it was it challenging at first for you to for you to do that and and um, hold that space for other people? Be the yeah. yeah yeah because something i learned was that when you sit in that chair people are going to throw their shit at the chair they're not throwing it at you that's the distinction to make they're not throwing it at you they're throwing it at the chair and you sat in it so if you want to keep sitting in it you got to do something about that you got to let them you got to hold space while they're throwing their shit at you that reminds me of four agreements don't take anything personally and always do your best. Yep. That was, there was a lot of breathing and a lot of remembering that <laughs> in the beginning of that trip. Man. Well, it sounds like uh, you had a good time either way. Oh yeah. It was a blast. I do it again. Everyone came out alive. I, I hope. Yeah. <laughs> and, and only have good things to say about it. Right. Yeah. Awesome. man. Oh man. I'm, I appreciate you. I appreciate this conversation. This is a lot of fun. As yeah, man, this is great. As expected. Of course. And yeah, man, Fit for Adventure, July 13th. I'm pumped. We gotta, we're going to talk more about that. Uh, if you can next week, I'll, I'm going to text you. Oh, yeah, that'd be great. All right. Thanks a lot, man. You're welcome.